0: What's all the buzz about, you ask? Queers in Your Ears is a podcast that everyone is talking about. We discuss the trials and tribulations, triumphs, and current events, all related to the LGBTQIA community, all in a fun and lighthearted way. And you might even learn something too. So stay tuned. Is that beer? Well, hello there. Welcome back. And we're coming to you under a severe weather watch. That's right. It's uh, a thunderstorm outside, so if you hear lightning and spooky, ooky rain, that's why. But we didn't want to deny our fans our lovely voices. That's right. Can you hear us now?
1: (gasps) Can y'all hear us?
0: Can you hear me good?
1: Well, welcome to another
0: Gay on Tap why don't we talk about the alcohol we have today? <laughs> Thank goodness. We need alcohol after the week we've had. Which and one would you like? Jamie, uh, I kind of want to try the melon. Are you going for the... Melon. Big melon? I am. I lo- I'm a melons guy. Um, okay. Do you want to introduce? You want me to introduce? It does not matter to okay. me. Well, again, if anyone wants to sponsor us, and we will take an alcoholic sponsor. This is from Blake's Hard Cider Company. We've got two flavors here. Mine's melon. I'll let uh, Jamie introduce his. Mine's strawberry kiwi. And for our listeners, this is light cider. Because we keep it light here. And we're skinny. Because it's Pride Month. <laughs> skinny queens. Skinny legends. Tracy Mattel, if you can hear this. Sponsor us. That's right. Oh, Also, hire me as your personal assistant. Also, hire me someone to open cans. Yeah, I think I just broke a nail. Happy Gaze on Tap to you, Jamie. Yes. Uh, I would like to... I guess I should introduce the question. Yes, you should. Okay, well, here's a great question. I heard this first at work, which I don't want any of my, any of our listeners to understand this. Um, I do go to work every day. I hate it here. Capitalism is killing all of us. I'm a housewife, so it sucks for you. I'm jealous as hell. Let me marry a doctor next time. Hopefully my husband's not listening to this. Okay, so the question of the day is, and I think it's a great question. You have one of two options. You can travel the world on a shoestring budget. Flights are free, but wherever you go, you have no money to spend. Maybe like you have a little dough, maybe like a few dollars here and there. Or you can have one day, just one day, where you can literally spend as much money as you possibly can. No questions asked. I'm going to call it the Kardashian look. What do you prefer? I kind of want to hear your answer first. I think I know my answer already. I would definitely want to do travel the world on a shoestring budget. Because like I said earlier, I can walk around and be absolutely happy not spending a dollar. I can go see sites. Like, I can choose anywhere in the world. There's history all around the world. And if you think about
1: it, most of the experiences that you have that is not in a legit museum are free.
0: Life is, life should be free. Life should be free. The takeaway from today is capitalism is evil and no one should be charged money to live on this planet. Joe and Biden I will say it again I will say it again For Joe Biden um, Yeah it's easy But I can see In your shifty little eyes That you're conflicted With your answer Jamie I am But I did want to say To all
1: of our listeners I think in um, Austin's answer Fits him very well He's very Experience oriented Don't say that And he craves To have experiences <laughs> No it's true I think I that's did. the better way To be Is you live your life For the experiences and not limited by
0: Like what you can And can't do Money can't buy you Happiness It can buy you, you know, equitable health care resources. Security. Right. (laughs) Cough, cough,
1: Joe Biden. (laughs) But for me, I think I'm conflicted because when I studied abroad in Greece, that was the happiest I think I've ever been. Because we were, you know, looking at all the history. We were going to places that were new. We were walking around. And we were, like, immersing ourselves within the culture and really learning about it. Mm -hmm. And to me, I think that was the best part. You were being present. I was. Love that. I was trying to tend to people's needs. But
0: then if you had a whole bunch of money for a day,
1: like, all of the money. Yeah, I think if I had the money that the Kardashians have, I definitely would be trying to set myself up for the future. I would, one, be at the bank, 6 a.m., banging on that door, be like, let's go. I've got a laundry list to do. I'm opening up all these accounts. I'm going to live off all this interest on the CDs. So smart. And fuck the student loans. First again, of all.
0: One swipe of the credit card. Banks don't open until 9am. So how dare you? But then again, if you had all that money, you could just be like, you need to open the doors at 6am. They would make an accommodation for Oh, me. I bet they would. Sugar, I bet they would. Yeah, I love that for you. You're so smart. But what if, I brought this up earlier. We've recorded this like six times because the thunderstorm. We're having technical difficulties. I yes. don't know if it's, I don't know if it's that. But anyway, I forgot what I was going to say now. <laughs> You
1: said you brought this up earlier. Um. Oh, yeah. You were going to do your little... What if they took the money away at the end of the day? Then I definitely would choose the latter option. Right, right. I mean, and money doesn't last forever. I'm learning that. Well, I mean, even if you think about it, if the money disappears, that means also the stuff would probably disappear at the end of the day.
0: Right. I do want to be a Kardashian just because I want to put Oreos out in jars and, like, stack them all fancy. <laughs> Can you imagine their employees? Yeah, I want you to stack yes. them... And that's gonna be your task for the day. I would take the jar and smash it over my head, if I wasn't okay. I would quit. I wouldn't even take the job. Don't even get me started. I, As a gay man, I have a very controversial perspective on the Kardashians. I 100% hate them. I 100% hate them. Like, what irks
1: me and what's my. This is way off topic, but it grinds my gears is the fact that Kim had a second precursor to her sex tape come out and she was crying. She was like, My son saw that on this website. I'm like, First off, why is your son. Why is, sorry, Courtney's son on that website? And then also. <laughs> call out the parenting skill. Girl. <laughs> I mean, if it's released, it's gonna make you more money. Who gives a fuck? Did Everyone she release the, tape? It the first time, or was it like it was Ray J's lawyer who was like,
0: "I have," additional he can't do footage. that. I didn't know any of this drama. First of all, that's horrible. That should never have happened. But also, girl, like you know what? No, I'm not even gonna go there. I wanted to bring up the fact that she ruined Marilyn Monroe's dress. <laughs> have you heard? Yeah, about that? I've seen that over Twitter. Yeah, I mean, I literally don't care, but people are cracking me up but I'm like who gave her the right to do that
1: how Uh, is how is she allowed to wear that because isn't that like a historical artifact I'm
0: sure there was something having to do with her ungodly amount of money she probably sucked somebody's dick to get there I would have I mean I couldn't fit into that dress though I know for a fact you would fit into it better than she did I would you're right I'm kidding I'll put two croissants where the boobs are supposed to be
1: Croissant. croissant.
0: All right. well that's Queers in Your Ears doing Gays on Tap and we'll catch you next time sluts cheers to the queers Welcome back, Queer Wigs. This is Austin. And I'm Jamie. And this is Queers in Your Ears. Jamie, I'm so excited for this week's episode. (laughs) Yes, we're doing our queer movie review. Yeah, I like to call it the mat and gay. Oh, I like that. I know. Okay. What did we watch this week? We watched... (laughs) The Adventures of Priscilla. (laughs) Queen Queen of of the the desert. Desert. Which... And for those of you
1: who don't know, this is a little synopsis of the movie. Okay. So, Tick Bellrose, who is played by Hugo Weaving, whose stage name is Mitzi Delbra, is a Sydney-based drag queen contracted by his estranged wife, Marion, who is played by Sharon Chadwick, to perform at a resort she runs in Alice Springs across the outback, a.k.a. Australia. Australia.
0: Australia.
1: He recruits fellow drag queen Adam, <laughs> who is played by Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce.
0: Who's very cute in this movie.
1: His, whose stage name was Felicia Jolly Goodfellow. Love that name. Who brings along his mother's resources to purchase a tour bus for the two to travel in, which he christens Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. They're joined by performer Bernadette Bassinger, who is played by Terrence Stamp a trans woman whose partner recently passed away,
0: leaving her without much to do. And if you've never seen it, it is a bizarre movie. But, and it came out in 1994, right, Jamie? Yes, this was made in 1994. Um, It's famous within, like, the cult classics movie, like, circles, especially. But what makes it significant? Why are we talking about it today? Why do the queers in your ears even care about it? And I think I know the answer. Thank you. Because it's weird. Jamie's <laughs> like, I definitely don't know the answer to that. Um, it's weird as hell. It's definitely. I think at the time it came out in 1994. For everyone listening, that's when I was born. So it's as old as me. Oh, that's bitch. I'm extremely compared to our listeners. I'm like y'all's grandfather at this point. Um, so I know it was important at the time. It was definitely forward thinking. But I want to preface queer earwigs, queer wigs. What are we calling them? I want all of our queer wigs to know that this movie is problematic now. It did not age well. I mean, it's not acceptable the things that happen in it today. But when it came out, there was a different world. You know what I mean. And this was definitely around the
1: height of the AIDS epidemic. Mm-hmm. So this was important to show queer visibility and for the LGBTQIA plus community. Right. Um. So that's why it's kind of also good to go back um, and look at laurels for the community. Even though this is controversial today, it's what was accepted in the times. Just like you have Chu Wong Fu, you have... Paris is Burning. Right. Um, Crystal LaBeija had a couple movies. So it's just interesting to see and look back on how far we've come and grown as a community.
0: Right. We're essentially doing our homework.
1: We are. And all gays should do that. We're paying respect to the elders, even though...
0: Don't say... Do not call me an elder ever again. How dare you? No, I was going to say, even though the people in the movie were not gay. No, I mean, and that's... And we'll get into that. We'll definitely get into that. Um, Okay. I think we should start digging in, Jamie. I think we should. I did write
1: down some questions for our listeners. So Austin and I are going to go ahead and start our review. And the first
0: question I have is, what did you think of the movie? Well, I do think it was a fun watch. <laughs> like, it was definitely interesting. You mentioned Tu Wong Fu earlier, which is the exposure that I have to these kind of cult classic uh, forays into drag culture, um, especially for the 90s. That's what this movie was. Uh but with my own modern like millennial mind i was like mm, i was taking notes the whole time i was like some of these things just don't fly for us so to begin with it's the three main characters are two drag queens and a trans woman who they and i really want to emphasize that we do not obviously like um uh, we don't condone we don't, or accept any of the language like, that was in the movie. But I will paraphrase for our listeners. They do refer to uh, the trans woman's character as transsexual a lot. I think that was acceptable back then. We know it. it's not now, obviously. But so it's two drag queens and a transe- transsexual, in quote, woman. Um, essentially getting onto a bus, traveling across the Australian outback to go to a show that's contracted by one of the man's ex-wives. Which is crazy. Well, that's right. They're not technically divorced. We also don't want to spoil too much for everyone, but we are going to talk in detail about what happened. So if you don't want to be spoiled, please go ahead. Turn it off, put on the movie, and then resume the episode. Pop that popcorn. Yes, definitely. I do think it's a fun watch, though. Overall, I did like it for its campiness, because I think that's what it does best. And I think at this time in history, when you put three... Uh, pretty A-list actors into a movie that's that campy. It brings camp into the main spotlight, and that's kind of why I thought about it. So I would like to give my thoughts on the movie. Please do.
1: First of all, I didn't enjoy it.
0: Oh! I didn't really. Why not? What's the specific reason? So
1: there were a few reasons, but then after reflecting, I think that the movie was important to watch. For me, I didn't like how the movie was kind of like... It jumped around a lot. I didn't feel like there was a clear, like storytelling or storyline. Like, I understand the premise of what they were trying to do, but I felt like it tried to, like, go in-depth with each character, but it was, like, half-assed. So it was, like, they started to, like, lay out a certain character, and like, oh, jerk it back to the story. I
0: feel that, yeah. I could see that.
1: And then um, I also didn't like some of the terms and, like, names that were used in the movie, but reflecting on it, it is what was acceptable at the time. Right. I'm sure it was very,
0: like, forward in the moment. People
1: probably were
0: taken aback.
1: Yeah, to see the... Because, tr- I, well, I think it's important to see how, like, unhuman people can treat the queer community and right. they have that kind of shock. And for me, the choice of ABBA and the use of ABBA in the song... I mean, it was spot on. Yeah. I mean, the whole soundtrack, I think, as a whole was really good for the movie so I did enjoy that but overall I was also shocked by the actors that who were in this movie
0: yeah even even though I think this was an Australian production like through and through I don't think this was an American movie filmed in Australia with Australian actors I think this is an Australian led movie and I knew every single one of the actors that played the three main parts and I want to break that down a little bit. So the main character, Tick, is actually the guy from The Matrix, the bad guy. I forget his name. I did not watch The Matrix. Um, but you know him. He's got the sunglasses on and he looks like a puppet made out of wax, essentially. Um, and then Guy Pearce, who's famous. He's been in a lot of different things before. He's the cute one. And then Terrence Stamp is the butler in, from and Mansion that yes. uh, Eddie Murphy did. Yes. Incredible cast. I do think the acting was perfection i think they did a great job however i just don't think the role i agree with you i think the roles were a little shallow whenever we would get like a glimpse into their past they would kind of like you said snatch back kind of back away from the development and at the end it's just kind of the storyline closes out and you're like okay i don't know them any better than i really did when the movie started and the gentleman his
1: name is hugo weaving and for me i think a lot of it was like the way the story started was a little weird to me. And then, like, kind of halfway through the movie, you got, like, the real story of why they were on their journey, um, which was to pick up his estranged son from his estranged wife, who... even Who though called
0: him for a job, which is, I think, the most... The ex-wife. Like, least... Well, the,
1: his estranged wife did. Right. So they
0: performed, and then... In order to also perform, he picked up his son. Right, that was kind of like the deal there. Yeah, but he, but he definitely framed it as like we have a gig in Alice Springs that we have to go to, and my wife asked me to do it.
1: Yeah, which then the two, dra- the the drag queen and the trans woman did not know that. Right. Even though he did tell them on the bus, he did, which is crazy. It's
0: kind of a but weird after the
1: fact. It was, a, yeah, it was a little weird jumbled. But do you think that there was an overall theme to the movie?
0: yeah I don't know exactly what it would be, but I think I think as shallow as it sounds as vapid as it sounds, it's just about truly being yourself, like you should just be yourself at all costs. That's the point of the movie, right, which we got a lot of that in Tu Wong Fu, which again, for the people listening, Tu Wong Fu was released after this movie. I don't know if they were filmed concurrently, but this was released in nineteen ninety four and two Wong Fu was released in ninety five yes um they have the same exact vibe. These people who are very forward-thinking in their identity because they have to go into a place where people are somewhat repressed and unappreciative of people living their true true selves. I think the overarching theme is essentially, yeah, be yourself. And at all costs, no matter where you are, you should be as loud and you as possible. Which is hard for the gay community and queer community to wrap their heads around, especially in this time. So I'm sure that's kind of what made it daring as well
1: yeah for me i think the movie like theme overall was kindness and experience like if you look at it everyone in the queer community has a different experience given the three main stars they had a different experience one was a trans woman you know one had a parents who were accepting but also thought it was just a phase and would give him anything right and then the last one had a much different experience than most people having a wife and then also having a child but for me kindness was like they weren't very kind to each other, but once they started to fall into a group with each other, like the camaraderie, the friendship really came out. And then they were shown kindness by Bob. Right. And he kind of helped them with the bus and then taking them and giving the, them the courage to start performing. The wife was also super kind, very understanding of Tick's situation and
0: his sexuality and, you know, exploring her sexuality. Cynthia. And all that, all of that I stuff. I stand Cynthia. Marion. Oh, I'm thinking of Cynthia when they were broken down the first time. Oh, no. Bob's wife. No, No, absolutely not. No, I mean, she was a crazy alcoholic, but she also had other problems. So I guess my question for you is, if you were broken down in the middle of a rural area, in the middle of probably a homophobic zone within your country, would you be so brazen as to perform drag in a bar that you were invited to the same day? No, I would not. I would not either. That's the crazy thing. I think that's another thing that this movie just like completely skims over is that... That would probably never, ever happen in real life. Because why? Queer people are afraid for their lives. Well, I
1: also think the movie kind of gives a glimpse into the negativity that is brought upon the queer community with the bus. Um, In one of the small towns that they stopped, the bus was trashed and it said, AIDS fuckers go home. Right.
0: It was vandalized.
1: And I do think, while the movie... Gave a good interpretation of then like the negative actions that could be brought onto the community. It it was much worse. Especially also there was another town they stopped in where um, Felicia dressed up as a woman and you could easily clock her. Right. And went out to the bars and she was almost beat up. Correct.
0: Almost. Yeah. Brutalized.
1: And to me, not to be morbid or anything,
0: but I, she she probably would have been killed. or Yeah, wait. I mean, I think that's one thing. No matter how irreverent these movies are, in my opinion, there's always that, like, lack of realism. Any movie that frames queer identity as being, like, the successful, like, happy ending, I don't ever get the feeling that it's truthful to reality. Which, I am also a cynic. I'm kind of a negative person. I completely understand that. And I will accept that. But... Like you said, in real life, if you got that close to a physical encounter with someone who's just going to hurt you because you're different, there's not a lot of saving you. Like, this movie frames it as someone literally swoops in and saves them at the last moment. But I just, you know, that doesn't ever sit well with me. Because I don't think that's real. I also don't want to see it happen all the time on movies. I don't either. And
1: if you think about it, that was like 15 guys in the bar and one of them was like, I'm going to save you and then everyone ended up leaving him alone right absolutely
0: not that wouldn't happen in real life i don't think so i don't want to be a cynic about it but i i hear you i think that scene for me was like giving the
1: lgbtq community hope that in the future things could possibly change and people could be more accepting but i also think it's a give and take especially in today's climate like if you look at it there are very progressive progressive spaces and cities and everything, but also in cities, people can just be as nasty. I mean, I've heard stories of friends even here in Charlotte or in
0: Boston walking around and people are like, faggot. Right. And and still use that word. Discriminating for literally no reason. reason. Because you're just walking down the street. And beyond that, even though we have these progressive city centers, there are extremely regressive parts of the country that are kind of taking us all backwards. Yeah. Truthfully. So it, I think you know now that we're talking about this. This movie is still kind of poignant in that fact that it does still address the fact that you can be really comfortable in one place. In this, in the, in this instance, it was Sydney was a very accepting city. But then they move out of the country or out of the city into the country, and things change drastically. And they have to really uh, think about who they are. You know what I mean?
1: And they're doing this, I think, on good faith. But it's also a risk, and it's how far of a risk are you willing to take for yourself? Right. Because a lot of these communities wouldn't have had exposure to the drag queens or even gay
0: people. Right. Especially in the Australian outback, where they clearly didn't even have, like, running water half the time. Exactly. I mean, I know it was, like, the 90s, but still. I mean, some people still don't have running water. Amen. Flint, Michigan, to to say one
1: thing. Okay. (laughs) And that's in a first world country. Correct.
0: You can't say first world, but...
1: A progressive country. (laughs) A developed nation. (laughs) The next question I had was, what do you think this movie did for the community at the time? I know we've kind of been talking about that, so if you want, we can move on to the next question.
0: Um, well, I guess I would like to say that there does seem to be a shallow exposure of, like, drag culture in the 90s. Clearly, To Wong Fu is part of this. Um, and I do have an opinion about this. I think that, in a way these straight people were making a movie about drag queens and transgender people and, like, oh my gosh, we're doing something. Like, we're exposing them to the world. I think it was a valiant effort and I think it was important at the time. But now we know they're not really telling anyone's story other than straight people playing these parts. So there's there's not a depth to anything. Like you said earlier, none of these characters are really ever fleshed out. Because no matter how much they dig, they could never understand, like, the queer experience. Which, I appreciate that. So I think it did... It brought, like, queerdom to a... Uh, a limelight. But it didn't really go any deeper than that. It just said, these people exist and we shouldn't be mean to them. <laughs> if that makes any sense.
1: And I I also think it, it does a disservice in the long run because even though these actors are doing something progressive, it's not to the point where they can really tap into the emotion that queer people feel and could really portray if they were offered these kinds of Correct. roles. yeah.
0: Because, I mean, there is a depth of experience that you need that you won't get from the actor's studio. Exactly.
1: Love that. The next question I had was, do you think this movie would have could have highlighted or showcased something more?
0: Oh, 100%, which I think we already touched upon. I think it could have shown more if we had queer actors playing the roles. That's a big ask, I think, at this time, clearly. No one was out at this point in a professional capacity. Um... But I think it was... I'm not going to be that person, but I think they were kind of brave for taking these roles at this time. And uh, again, the Terrence Stamp, the evil butler from Haunted Mansion, playing a trans woman, that's a big thing. That's a big deal. It is a big deal. Especially because I don't think... Not that he did anything
1: brave. I'm just saying... No. I mean, but it it was pushing the boundaries at that point. I don't know how visible... Queer people were in TV around that time. Not I mean, very. I was, I was born three years later, so I don't right. have any perception. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I agree. I do wish that the movie would have highlighted, um, the queer potential because I think it was really there. I think the movie idea was great. I just think it could have been fleshed out a little bit more. But I mean, what do you expect from straight people?
0: Agreed, and uh, that's my point too. I also made a note that I was like, I wonder what. Australian pop culture and like societal acceptance was like at this period. Cause I have no idea. I have a vague idea of what the nineties were like for America, but I know Australia has kind of been like more of a leading progressive by maybe a hair's width over like American political. I can't tell for sure. That's so, my question. You know what I mean? Like what yeah. was this, how was this received by Australian audiences in the nineties? Well,
1: I mean, the only thing I can think of is in watching RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> LOL. Australia. One of the queens throws it back to Priscilla. Keita Maine? No. No. Who was it?
0: Oh, no, you're right. I remember who you're talking about. But she threw it back to Priscilla. She also recognized that she did Blackface on TV. She's like, I just want everyone. Oh, she got called out by RuPaul. She did, yeah. <gasps> the gag. Well, but so I think. Should this just be a drag race podcast? It should, yeah. <laughs> We're the new Raja and oh Raven. Oh my god, we were saying nothing new.
1: Um, But I do think in Australian culture, gay culture, it is sort of a, a cult classic. Like Priscilla is what Tu Wong Fu is for America.
0: Yeah, I can't get over that feeling where I'm like, I've seen this before. 100% right? We've seen this movie and it's three queer people going out into rural America or rural country and saying you should be better or like you should accept us and they get are surprised by how kind people are so I kind of agree with you more than my per- personal statement where sh- you are saying it's more about like compassion and kindness and acceptance than it is about like queer exposure
1: okay so that brings me to my next question of how do you think the
0: movie has aged I know we touched upon it a little bit it's not great I wonder. I don't necessarily think that's their fault. Like I said, there is just a cultural awareness that we have now that we didn't, and that's been true for every generation before us and and after us. You know what I mean? There will be a, a better, more developed understanding of what's acceptable and what's not. And that will also change as time progresses. So that's why I always will say we have to watch this with a very critical lens and say this was important. I understand that it was important. Clearly it was important because it's still famous to this day. And two fags on a microphone are, you know, caring enough to talk about it. Yeah. So, but I think that kind of goes without saying these days. Unless you're just some kind of like hyper woke social justice warrior that's like, they can't say that. I understand that. I understand that they can't say that. But, again, like you said earlier, we have things to learn from the past. This is homework, and we I think it is required reading. You know what I mean?
1: No, you took the words right out of my mouth. I think it is very important to watch, but to your point, I don't think people should take this very seriously. No. And this was mo- this movie was made almost 30 years ago now. How dare you? So... <laughs> 27 and a <laughs> half to be exact. So if you round up, 30. How
0: dare you? Yes, you're right. You're but, right.
1: But I do think we do need this sort of framework to see where we need to be in the future. Yeah. So I think it is a good idea for people to watch it. I think, you know, take take it with a grain of salt, you know, have a party, have a kiki, put it on. Just like people don't take too Wong Fu too seriously. No. Because I'm sure there are inaccuracies within that movie itself. Oh, are there? <laughs> there, are, yeah, Right.
0: But... Wesley Snipes in a wig, of <laughs> Patrick Swayze, I mean... I really like Wesley Snipes in that movie, though. They're all good. They're so good. Bringing For to straight men, they did an excellent job.
1: Who do you think your favorite character in the
0: movie and why? I... My favorite character was the turd in the vial. <laughs>
1: we haven't even talked about that, <laughs> We so. haven't...
0: The weirdness of this movie <laughs> yeah. continues to amaze me even now.
1: So, in the movie, there was a character played by... He, and, oh
0: Guy my, Pierce. Guy
1: Pierce, who he literally went into a toilet and took a turd that was left by one of the ABBA members. And Agnetha, it, to be exact. <laughs> and kept it in like a
0: preserved jar. Around his neck. There's a scene. Okay, after that is introduced into the movie, it doesn't come up again in the movie, I don't think. No, it does. It doesn't. Bernadette just asks him,
1: like, what is this? She
0: literally picks that turd up, and she's like, what is this? And is like, oh, that's a turd. And we're all like, okay, we'll just move on from this plot point. Never to be brought up again. First of all, I'm pretty sure the members of ABBA flush the toilet. I'm just gonna <laughs> put that out there. Second of all, if you put a turd in a vial, I have so many questions. Would it not just shake up into diarrhea? We have lots of no, things. No,
1: because I think, it was in, I think it was in certain liquid that doesn't have What like a liquid will in, keep your poop
0: intact? I want to Google it. It was so bizarre. And I know... I knew that was part of the movie. Before I even watched it, I was like, I remember this being brought up at some point. Maybe she just had a rock hard turn. I, her fiber intake must be through the roof. Chick-a-T-T-A, give me some fiber.
1: But I think... I think they went to that extreme because one of the characters did not like... Okay, so my favorite character in the movie was a dog named Herpes. And why was... It called herpes? Because if she's good... Oh, fuck, what was it? We said it before. If she's good... Then she'll heal. Yeah. It was because she said... uh, Sorry, her owner said, if she's good, she'll heal.
0: I literally hate that. I was also... Okay, also, uh, honorable mentions is the uh, blow-up sex doll kite that's, like, floating in the desert. If you guys haven't seen this movie, please go watch it. Again, turn it off, go watch the movie, come back. And then...
1: Re- resume but on a serious note i do think probably my favorite character was bob just because he showed them so much kindness he did yeah or the wife she had a very upbeat charismatic sunshine character she was
0: sweet um if i had to be serious i would actually say bernadette was my favorite because she's just such a little bitch and like just there and very agreeable most of the time well i was kind of like what pole or what animal crawled up your ass and died clearly but think of the things she's going through what is she going through? I mean, she's a trans woman in the nineties. True. And her lover just died. Her twenty five year old lover. But they said I was know never... she wasn't like super serious about it, but she's able to bury a lover.
1: It was also very progressive because they did talk about very briefly her getting her reassignment surgery. Right.
0: Which is that's a lot of information for people to take in at that at that point in time, I'm sure of but... a It is. I mean, they can get over it, but I could definitely see it okay so i say bernadette you say bob love that for us you know there's a there's a double-edged sword here i think in this day and age casting a queer person in a queer role was difficult because a lot of people weren't out they weren't comfortable being out but whose problem is that that's straight people imposing their views on that profession and saying that you couldn't be gay and be out or queer and be out and also get jobs that were lead roles So it's like, it is a double-edged sword. It's kind of some nonsense in the end of the day, because you could cast those people, you could tell the story, but it's it's hard getting people to care about it. So according to...
1: (gasps) (laughs) 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 Boost! According to the internet, there were eight actors who were very prominent that were out in the 90s. One being Ellen DeGeneres. Two being George Michael. Three being Melissa Etheridge. Both musicians. Nathan Lane, Is he
0: queer in real Love life? him.
1: Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Birdcage is, like, one of my all-time favorite movies. Katie Lang. Danny Pinturo. Don't know who that is. Never heard of him. him. Michael Jeter. I
0: didn't know he was... Stephen Gatley. He's cute. He's kind of cute. But that was eight. I mean, in all... Eight. Actually, he's from, he's from Ireland. Okay, yeah, I mean, slay. But that's not a lot, so... Unfortunately,
1: they were, they were played by straight actors, but that, that shouldn't give the film industry in today's day and age a pass to not be casting queer actors in queer roles.
0: Right. right. Let's go back in time and be like, this is unacceptable.
1: Let's build a time machine. Let's Stewie Griffin it. You I've know? already done it. Have you? Are you Stewie Griffin? I'm your father. Sorry. That's why you have such a big head.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, I'm junior. <laughs> I know. I know. Anyway. Okay, great. Love that. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's hard, like you said, it's hard to retrospect and go back and say why didn't they? I think we know why they didn't. But I also don't think it's acceptable for that same reason. Do you know what I mean? They didn't cast queer people because they probably just weren't available and they knew that their movie wouldn't do well. But that's also fucked up on that end too. Let's well, be for real.
1: I probably wouldn't have watched it if Nathan Lane was in that movie.
0: I would have watched it if Nathan Lane were in that movie And in, in a fucking sequin jumpsuit on top of a bus through the desert. Give me three movies.
1: Make a Miscongeniality Congeniality 3
0: and Give put me a Nathan prequel- Lane in it. Oh, I would die. I would die. I dressed as Nathan Lane... Actually, no... Joey dresses Nathan Lane one year from The Bird Cage. I love that movie. Nathan Lane serves severely. Another I not movie. Seen it. Is, I cannot believe you right now. That's a gay movie. Correct. It's the okay gay movie. It's so delicious. Well, it has Robin Williams in it.
1: Since it's a month of pride of pride. I don't
0: understand. What is pride? What is gay? It's just a way to shove
1: gayness down our throats. Love that.
0: The gay agenda. I will put it on my list. Oh no, you're gonna watch it. We're we're doing the
1: Batman Batman movies right now, so that's that's more important. Which Batman movies? We just watched the, the one Frog. with Danny DeVito uh, as the Penguin and Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, as the Catwoman, Bat- yeah,
0: slay down the house, boots, mama. Realness, oh, I was like, honey, pussy. tie me up. Yes, just tie me up. I was straight for her for twenty minutes. <laughs> for
1: twenty minutes, oh, I had to. Do, I had to say I commend Danny DeVito because, like... Oh, my God.
0: That that was so much makeup, so much, like, character acting. I don't understand anyone who gets down on Danny DeVito. Every single role he's ever played has absolutely slayed me. Slayed. The Penguin, absolutely. Matilda's father? I forget his name. Something Wormwood. Don't remember. Slay. Okay? Yeah. I think it's
1: very important, and I think we've seen a lot of progress in, you know, Hollywood and production-wise of casting... Actors in their respective roles. Like, I mean, Look at Pose. Amazing casting done. Um, I think there are a couple current shows that I haven't been watching. Like, Heartbreakers, I'm pretty sure. I think you're thinking of Heartstopper. Heartstoppers, yeah.
0: I don't even know if those... I'm not sure. I, You know, I kind of disagree with you. I think there's a few standout shows that are casting, like, queer people in queer roles. But it doesn't still happen a lot. Like, even recently, there was a lot... If, I don't know how recently this was. This is like, in 2009. But the movie Carol which is about like two is I forget if she's trans or they're just lesbians and it's like old times. <laughs> yeah. They're like that 20 is with um uh it's I forget their names. It's, it's with Kate Winslet, right? No, not, it's not Kate Winslet. she's it's No, it's, it's the lady who played the elf in Lord of the Rings. It's Kate not Blanchett. Kate it's Kate Blanchett. Blanchett. You said Winslet, who is from Titanic, you horror. And then Rooney Mara. I do love Rooney Mara. Sarah Paulson, who is a lesbian. That's but nice. I don't she know did, if those women are. She listening. did
1: not play No, I mean it, but the elf in Lord sh- of the Rings, Kate
0: Blanchett was in Lord of the Rings. She was Arwen, I think. No, that's Steven Tyler's daughter. She's also in that movie. Do not play me right now. Hold oh, on. Sh- oh,
1: shit. Yeah, you're right. She played the Queen Queen.
0: Bitch, first of all, I know that I'm right. You don't have to tell she me. She played the Queen Sweaty. Queen. But also, uh, the Danish girl with Eddie Redmayne clearly not a trans woman. That's problematic. It yeah. still happens. But I see where are I think my overall, like, lesson from this is that we've made a lot of progress since this movie came out, and that's why we watched the movies, to see how much progress we've made. Because we got, like, zero, and now we're getting, like, 50-50. They're giving us crumbs. Which it
1: should be 100%. Which
0: is why all you gay people should be out there throwing bricks. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not.
1: <laughs> so I did want to bring this up, though, okay. now that, like, we've moved past all the questions, and now we're just, like, onto fun shit. Yeah, yeah. So in a part of the movie, the bus breaks down in the outback, and the three... Main actors, they take on different approaches to try and get the bus fixed. One goes in drag and dances around. The other one paints the bus. Don't know how he got the paint. He got it in the town
0: and they like handed a box and they're like, we don't have much use for this. And it was just purple paint or lavender paint. I missed that. Yeah.
1: And then one walks to go get help. Do you think these are accurate reads of how helpless the gay community can be?
0: No, I think it's the exact opposite. I think we really know how to they will find a way to help themselves at every cost. Even if it's productive, even if it's not productive, we're going to find, like, a way to help ourselves. You know what I mean? I think that when Bernice, was that her name? Bernadette. Bernadette. Bernice! When Bernadette walked out into the, the desert, that's that wasn't smart to me. Like, you're in the middle of the Australian Outback, which is notoriously empty. It's, like, notoriously deserted. Unless you don't count the aboriginals, which also had a very progressive, like, um, cameo in this, I think. She would have died. She would have died. Like, no cap. That's what the kids are saying. Um, And I just love that she was just like, I'll be back in a few hours. How do you know that there's nothing, like, not anything out there? It was insane to me. It was a leap of faith, I guess. I guess so. And then the one dancing in drag, he was, like, rehearsing, and he was like, I'm gonna stay here and do me, which I totally understand that. The one who painted the bus was just, like, on ketamine. I don't know what he was doing, like, clearly high. (laughs) I
1: think I definitely would have been the one to paint the bus, or I probably would have wanted to walk help, but I would have tried to do a more strategic way of trying to get help.
0: I would have just caught on my cell phone. Girl. Just get out my BlackBerry and dial nine one one. Okay,
1: okay On one, like, last question to round out the episode before we let y'all be dismissed,
0: and you shan't be dismissed until we're finished.
1: I kind of wanted to know, out of the movie, what was one outfit that you would definitely
0: wear? Um. Okay, I was not expecting this. You know, okay, definitely wear, when Guy Pierce's character Felicia Jolly Goodfellow is painting the bus, he's wearing um like this It's like he calls it a frock, but it's like a tie-up overall situation oh with my stripes God, that was, like checkered, yeah. So cute. I love I was like, Ugh, give it to me. I would actually wear that." In drag, good. I would wear the flip-flop dress for sure. Those are two
1: very good answers. I like that you rounded it out with in drag. Yeah, I think we have to.
0: I mean, I like the um, final looks, too, when they're in the desert. Or when they're at the end. uh, The last performance. I agree. I
1: definitely probably think I would have taken something from Guy Pearce's wardrobe as a boy. Because he's such a slut. Well, I mean, the other... I mean, Tick didn't really give... Tick just gave, like, tank tops where he was shortlist. He gave, yeah, he gave, like, 90s dad. Um... But I don't know what outfit I would take from Guy Pierce, But definitely, if I were in drag, I would have taken one of the bell bottoms look that they did at that campfire. Yes, one hundred percent. I think that's... and the headdresses.
0: Yes, I actually really love the headdresses there. So I think much. they were just so well done. I do love these looks. Uh, I, They serve, like, Club Kid quite a bit. I would probably take the look stop. of Guy Pierce being
1: shirtless and having the checkered pants. With and a then skull wrap, like a yeah, skull cap? Like a bandana Oh on my head.
0: gosh, stop it. Look at those titties. He's so pretty. If you don't watch this movie for anything other than Guy Pierce's just, like, bronze, young body, you're missing out. I do have to say, I think their,
1: like, early, their drag looks remind me of, like, what they call
0: old-school drag, which I don't really think it should be called old-school drag. Yeah, I'm getting, like, Club Kid from their looks. Like, every single look is nonsensical and almost like it's giving the wiggles, you know what I mean? Oh my god, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's what I get from them. Like, every single look is so hypnotic and acid-like and they've got, like, big makeup, big, like, big legs, big, everything is just so camp and, like, colorful and cartoonish. I think it, for me, it definitely would be, like... A mixture between what
1: ABBA would wear in real life, but also a cross between the movie Mamma Mia and, like, the ending scene when the credits are rolling. They're wearing all of those, like, sequin bodysuits.
0: Correct. It's like, yeah, it's like well, a mix of that. And I get, I mean, obviously it's very disco inspired, right? Oh, 100%. Like, at this point yeah. in the 90s, disco was the retro thing. Because it was 20 years old at the time. Like, yeah. we're going through the 90s now. They were going through the 70s then. Oh, 100%. Love that. It's like time never changes, really. I wish it would go back to, like, styles like this. I don't. Because look at that. <laughs> that looks scratchy and plasticky and you can't wash it. And if you get some of your turd on it, who's going to wash that out? They don't have Tide to Go pins in the Outback.
1: That's true. They do have... Yeah, that's true.
0: Well, thank you, Queer Wigs, for
1: joining our movie review episode. And we hope to continue with new movies. If you have any recommendations of queer films we'd really like us to watch and talk about please go ahead and let us know. And also, please, please give us a five-star review because that would really help out our
0: podcast. Yes, like and subscribe. <laughs> Comment down below. I'm just kidding. And also, if you haven't heard from any of the Alma band members, you can mail it to Austin and we can frame it it's on his It's P.O. Box 6969420. Hot Booty Boy. At gmail.com. Okay, bye everybody!
1: <laughs> hey, Queer Wigs. Jamie here. Thanks for listening to our latest episode. Now that you've heard our voices, we want to hear yours. So leave a review and rating on Spotify, Apple Music, or your favorite streaming platform. And go follow us at Queers In Your Ears on Instagram. Goodbye, queer wigs.